0: What do you think when you see a child, young, young child, wearing the shoes on the wrong foot? Is it cute? Is it expected? Young child, they're in that process. Okay. What do you think about a person in their 20s, 30s, 15, 16, wearing the wrong shoes or on the wrong foot? What would you say? Crazy morning? (laughs) Same problem, different, though, based on where you are in life. So how important is it to learn how to tie your shoes? How essential is it to learn which shoe goes on which foot? One of us this week at the first church, thanks to Facebook, was wearing the wrong shoes. We saw you on Facebook. (laughs) We all must learn how to wear our shoes, whether we have one pair or many. It is critical for the care of our feet. It's essential to function as human beings. We are on the go. We're mobile. We're always moving towards something. Another way of saying that, of being mobile, that we are growing. There's always one season following another season, and so on. So we're growing. We're going towards something. We are taught to tie our shoes or which shoe goes on which foot we're taught this so with that in mind I will say we learn to live and then I'm gonna also say based on how you responded to a four-year-old having trouble tying their shoes versus a 15 or older having trouble with that we are to teach and help if we see it needed. So, we also live to learn and we learn to live. Last Sunday, I visited with the children and the teachers of our children's ministry during their Sunday school experience. They're learning how to wear the shoes for the soul, this soul. They're learning how to walk with God and how they are to be part of a faith community, what it's like to move towards God. They're receiving that life lesson thanks to people who dedicate week after week. And some of you are here today. But I want to say this to every single person here, teenagers, preteens, over 60, every single person, you have an important part of being a legacy. You cannot deny that we're part of a legacy. So with that in mind, I want to invite you to come to God's word, reflect on a particular portion of this text in the New Testament in the book of Acts. It's chapter 4, verses 13 through 22. And verse 13 tells you that I'm starting in the middle of a story. So because of that, I do need to explain a little bit how we get to this moment, verse 13. So we're just about to see how Peter and John, disciples or apostles of Jesus, Christian men, disciples making disciples, they're planting churches, they're developing ministries. They are facing the Supreme Court of the Jews, the Sanhedrin, or Sanhedrin, Sanhedrin in Spanish. It is made up of 71 members. And these members are authorities, are experts of the law, are influential people. They're Sadducees, they're priests, they're scribes. They're respected in the community. Some of them are called chief priests, and they receive that position due to their family lineage, so their heritage. These are folks that shape how life is to be lived in community, and the community, sometimes whether they like it, agree or not, it is best for people to align. They aim to to bring order, but history will tell you through the Bible text and research altogether, one of their objectives was to preserve the status quo so that their own benefits and their power and authority would never be lessened. So at times, there would be a threat if someone did not agree with their conclusion or their decision. Peter and John stand in front of them. I've described a little bit of who they are and how powerful and influential they are. And you may admire right now Peter and John because after all, their story makes it into this incredible word of God. But please know how Difficult this was. These were fishermen, ordinary vocation then. These are fishermen, not considered a fancy vocation. They are from Galilee, an area, a community considered less privileged than others, looked down upon by some. Disciples of Jesus, and this is important, the same Jesus that was condemned to death by that very same panel. So now we have friends of his, now we have his followers facing that same panel. They have been arrested, they're in trouble, they were summoned to the panel Or to the court because they claim there is resurrection of the dead, thanks to Jesus Christ. And right before this moment, thanks to the work of God, a man with a particular illness is healed, and the community is going, is amazed, going crazy, praising God. They're causing a commotion. So they're brought in to face the powers. And the question that the court presents to them is, by what power or by what name did you do this? That's the question. Peter responds, and the text will tell you, as he is filled with the Holy Spirit, So Peter speaks in a very powerful and persuasive way in response to the opposition you're going to notice to the contempt and the threat that is implied by the council's question. And here we are, verse 13, and it reads, Now, when they, the court, saw the boldness, say boldness, of Peter and John and realized that they were uneducated and ordinary men. Let me do commentary. The meaning behind those specific words is without special education of the law or special qualifications. They were amazed and recognized them as companions of Jesus. When the court saw the man who had been cured standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. Nothing. Amen. Don't get too excited. So then they they do this. They ordered, because they have nothing to say, you got to come up with something. They ordered them to leave the council while they discussed the matter with one another. They said, what will we do with them? For it is obvious to all who live in Jerusalem that a notable, evident sign has been done through them, and we cannot deny it. Amen. Yeah, well, but to keep it from spreading further among the people, let's do something. We got to figure something out. Let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name or else. So they call them and order them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in God's sight to listen to you rather than to God? You be the judge of that. But for us, For we cannot keep from speaking about what we have seen and heard. Oh, that didn't work. After threatening them again, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people. Because of the people. For all of them praised God for what had happened. Amen. Now we can say amen. For the man on whom this sign of healing had been performed was more than 40 years old. Amen. Peter and John speak to the wealthiest, most intellectual, respected with unparalleled level of education to those on a panel. How is it that Peter and John... Are bold. What do they have? What makes them bold? According to the scripture, the word of God, they are bold because they are filled by the work of the Holy Spirit. Anybody needs courage once in a while? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. It takes the courage of the Holy Spirit to help you. You depend on the courage of the Holy Spirit within you. We want to crawl. We want to walk correctly. We want to run. We need to wear the right kind of shoes. We are to move forward. We are to move towards something. Move towards someone, and that is the Holy Spirit. Be like Peter and John. How can they demonstrate such courage? Engage and accept a relationship with God. For God's spirit will teach you will shape you and will fill you with boldness, the courage necessary for life. Because the same way Peter and John faced opposition, contempt, threat, pain, problems, so will all of us. So be filled with the courage given only by the Holy Spirit, unparalleled to the Holy Spirit. Amen. There was nothing for the court to address, but they had to come up with something. There are times that really there's nothing to say, and yet you keep getting the pushback. That didn't make sense. Many times, apply it to your life. Why am I getting such opposition? Why am I having this contempt or this sense of worthlessness or lesser than? Whether it makes sense or not, we encounter it. And it is impossible to deny, but it's also impossible to deny When the Holy Spirit is with you and in you, notice what happened to that court. There was nothing they could do, even when they tried. The trouble with many of us is that the voice of others, the reality surrounding us, the threat, the problem sounds louder, than the voice of God. It feels closer than the presence of God. And it makes us feel less or weak or fearful. But it's not so. But it does take courage. I would like for you to not only believe that the way we just sang, I believe in you, but you're invited to exercise that. Peter, this Peter that is a hero perhaps today, that I'm talking about his courage, it's the same Peter that denied Jesus one, two, three times. Lesson learned. Live to learn and learn to live. At one point, he didn't have the courage. The fear of death was louder and scarier. But look, moving forward, now we have a different portion of his life and he is not seen by accident isn't he one of those who followed Jesus no no this time he's actually officially summoned before the court it's not a random person who's seen Peter it's a whole board and look at how he responds to them do you see the difference he learned he has lived to learn and he continues to learn how to live and that is his legacy his legacy his story involves his mistakes i will always remember thanks to this word that at one point he denied jesus but i get to also remember how he proclaimed jesus no matter what above all threats and contempt and oppressions and that is his legacy what is yours God's power is unmatchable. The way the Spirit of God sustains us cannot be exhausted. The wisdom of God cannot be incapacitated. God's will cannot and will not be overcome. If that brings you comfort, if that brings you peace, great be filled with the Holy Spirit, but don't just contain it. It is for you to extend it to someone who is learning how to tie their shoes for life. This experience recorded here is part of his legacy. My question to you today is Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Learn to live and live to learn and take this with you above anything else this morning. You are God's legacy on earth. You. Don't elbow your neighbor. Don't just give thanks to the communion of saints. Don't think of the great evangelist or others around you. You are God's legacy today. Be courageous. Stand firm. When opposition, when threats, when concerns, when it gets difficult, be courageous. And may your story be a legacy to another. A life fueled by God's work is a life fulfilled in God's work. You are God's legacy. And the way we understand the definition of church is church is made by people. Correct? Not the sanctuary. People. If you are God's legacy, we add ourselves together to make the church, the church, collectively speaking, is God's legacy on earth. We are the legacy for Coral Springs. And then for those of us who have kids and grandkids who leave Coral Springs because they go to other states and around the world, we are a hub that legacy is in the making. So everywhere we go, we are God's legacy on earth. Amen? Be courageous. You are welcomed. You are invited into God's family, the church. You are to be part of this. And the younger you are, the better it is for you. And the older we are, the more passionate we are to be for the younger ones. And may it be a legacy that we cannot deny.